The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. And this is the Friday Show. Gary, how are you? Doing good. All right. I cannot complain. I can. I plan to do that over the next five hours. <laughs> uh, well, uh, start out with some fun with an audio cut. All right. What do you got? It's a Friday show, right? So we, yeah. need, we need some. We need some good entertainment. Sure. This is uh, this is Dan Crenshaw, and this is the uh, the House um, and uh, Crenshaw leading the effort to block the Children's Hospital uh, Graduate Medical Education Payment Program. Mm. Um, and uh, and uh, funding for uh, children's hospitals that provide transgender treatments or procedures to minors. Now, mm-hmm. we talked about this yesterday, uh, that uh, you've got the Democrats wanting to push where hospitals will not be funded yep. if they, uh, you know, do not provide surgery for, uh, you know, mutilation surgery and, and hormone treatments to children. And uh, so uh, you've got... Uh, Dan Crenshaw, one of the people that's railing against it. He had a witness who is a doctor, apparently, by the name, shares my last name. No uh, rela- no relation. Yeah. But this is just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Talk about being unprepared. Mm. All right, here we go. This is right. starts out with uh, Crenshaw making some comments, mm. and then uh, they go back and forth on it. And then the end is just pure greatness. Mm. It's funny because I just won't playing it during our pre-show meeting, and I loved your laugh. <laughs> All of a sudden, you just burst out laughing over there. Oh, I think I was laughing at something else, but no, this is oh, funny. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, because it was yeah. like right at that point yeah, when, yeah. when he said, you. okay, I, I thought you were laughing. We hadn't discussed this. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, you just burst out laughing. So here we go. We keep hearing this, was, this is a politicized uh, issue. This is a manufactured culture war. I got to say, we aren't the ones who did that. We aren't the ones that came up with this radical new movement that is performing permanent physiological changes to children with no evidence of any benefits. We, we didn't start that. We're just trying to stop it because it's crazy. It's a contentious issue, which almost 70% of Americans oppose. So we are just saying here that taxpayer money shouldn't be used for it. That's all. This should not be that controversial of an issue. Um, questions are for Dr. McNamara. I, I just want to ask you honestly. 
You're not concerned about the unknown effects of puberty blockers, hormones, and, and surgical interventions in kids, the long-term effects. Not concerned about that. Everything I've said here today comes from a place of deep honesty and conviction for the care that I provide and the community that I'm a part of. You've said that we've cherry-picked data. How do you mean by what, How do you mean that? So it is very unscientific and flawed to pick a single study or a single statistic and to discuss it in isolation. Um, totally agree. Medical experts are able to talk about all of the evidence as a whole. Totally agree. So it's good to look at systematic reviews, right? That's the gold standard of evidence when you're trying to understand whether something works or whether it doesn't. So the British Journal of Medicine looked at 61 systematic reviews with the conclusion that, quote, there is great uncertainty about the effects of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries in young people. The Journal of Endocrine Society came up with the same conclusion, even the American Academy of Pediatrics. They all cite the lack of evidence. And so here's the thing. If you're doing a therapy, and it's, you know, temporary, whatever, fine, maybe let's try it. Let's see if it works. But when you're talking about permanent physiological changes do you not agree, just from an ethical standpoint, that you might want extremely strong evidence of the benefits? And there is no systematic review that, that states that there is strong evidence of benefits. Sir, are you aware of how the quality evidence grading system works and how it's applied? Yeah. Yeah, we've read through it. That's why I'm citing these journals. So which journal says something different? I'm, I'm, we should have that debate. Tell me a journal that has done systematic reviews that cites different evidence, that cites strong evidence for benefits of these therapies. The standards of care were developed based on extensive... You're not telling me any journal. You're not telling me any study. Don't That's say standards of it, care. Yeah. So... Um, Tell me one. The standards of care. That's the, the standards of care. That's, yes, that's, that's of not care. a journal. That's not a study. That's not an organization. That's not an institution. You're just saying words. Name one study. I'm out of time. <laughs> Can't name the study, can you? Because it doesn't exist. Just amazing. Uh, I'm not even a doctor, and I know wow. that genital mutilation surgery for children is wrong. You're sick if you think it's right. There's something wrong with you if you think it's okay. As uh, he said, it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, and uh, no, crazy's I, being kind. No, I'm uh, not embarrassed that she shares my last name because it, it really no need to be. No, uh, yeah, I I know I, a company I, that I, makes crappy motorcycles. What am I going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to your email. It's just a joke. Calm down. <laughs> that was, well, that along, and we'll play the Biden cut later on. What a stupid question. Yeah. When someone asked him about the, uh, it's really amazing because you can tell he's panicking. They won't think about this. Uh, he's not even coming out and saying, look, these, this is all false. He's just saying he's deflecting or calling you stupid. The White House has to be panicking, and Democrats have to be panicking big time on yeah. this right now yep. Yep. just because of the responses of the, 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 the president. As we, you know, as we talked about yesterday, and it's really, really important to understand this, uh, that what 
sets the Biden scandal apart from any other scandal in politics right now is that none of it came from the opposition. No. Everything that Biden is facing right now is not allegations that came from the Republicans with a lack of evidence. Hmm. All of it came, as we know, uh, either from Hunter Biden Mm -hmm. or and his laptop or from the FBI investigation of Hunter and Joe Biden. None of it has come. None of it was started by the Republicans. This wasn't the Democrats screaming Trump colluded with the Russians. And we found out, mm. oh, and by the way, that was really interesting because there was, I, I, it's just too long to play. It's almost a half hour, but mm. it was, it was basically uh, Dick Durbin, uh, uh, Kennedy, uh, and um, Lindsey Graham, mm. uh, you know, going back and forth uh, on it. It was a very civil conversation, but I'll, we'll play portions of it. But, uh, uh, you know, they were, you know, it was very low key. You could actually, when I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, okay. This is what they say, you know, the House, they'd be screaming at each other and hear the deliberative body, <laughs> mm, yeah, the Senate, and they were all talking in low tones. Even Durbin was. And it's like, wow, Durbin's got nothing here. But he was saying, well, you know, we, uh, well, we need to wait. We don't know whether these things are true. And Kennedy made the great point. He just said, well, look, this comes from the FBI. It exists. You know, they're, they're the ones that have been holding it. You know, they, they're the ones that, you know, uh, have... Uh, claimed it didn't exist. We simply want to know: Are they investigating it? And he and he said, "This is." And Lindsey Graham saying the same thing: "This is all fair. There's nothing unfair here. You know, we didn't come up with these allegations. We just didn't throw them out. This Why would came, you not right, want it investigated? Right. This this came from this came from the FBI, who's been hiding it. He and said, and, and and if and if it's if the FBI has looked at it and said there's nothing there, we simply want to know, you know, what their process was. Mm-hmm. This is all reasonable when you take the Hunter laptop and everything that has gone on there and the fact that, you know, the Democrats attempted to hide that and the media attempted to hide that and then we see the FBI's hiding it. It is not, and they were kept using the word unreasonable, it's not unreasonable mm-hmm. To ask the question, you know, and say, what do you have or what don't you have? And and then uh, the Kennedy, I think it was Kennedy even came out and just said, by, by the way, it's so it's so weird. I've been in I've been in this business too long because I keep saying Kennedy and it's relating to a Republican. And mm-hmm. I maybe nobody else, unless you're my age, relates to it. But it's like, it's yeah, just, it's just weird. Uh, but um, Kennedy was uh, just, you know being extremely and kept using the word reasonable this is all just reasonable let us know what the investigation he said my god he said comey was giving information constantly on the investigations of both trump and then hillary clinton well in fact he he, it's real simple you've got if you're a democrat there are two good reasons two possible outcomes here the first of which is that all these allegations are false And the current president isn't compromised. And the worst of the outcomes is 
the current president took a bribe. There's your spectrum. So if you believe nothing happened, because we keep hearing that, well, we don't we don't know if it you know how you find out? I know. I know how you find out. You look into it. Yeah. This is not that hard. And when we see the FBI director first say, well, no, I know, no, this this document. We've seen the document. Oh, oh, yeah, here's the document. I mean, when you see all of this, it is clear that there's a cover-up. We know why there's a cover-up. But we have oversight on Capitol Hill for a reason. So if you're a Democrat who believes there is nothing there, great. Vet the entire thing. And then show the American people how stupid the GOP is. And and the other thing is, it's not unreasonable when you know that the financial documents are there that, for example, do you think that if it was, and I'll, I'll use a scandal-plagued state when it comes to governors, if any governor of Illinois... <laughs> <laughs> come on, come pick on, that state randomly. Come on, every, every, come on, everybody listening on WLS and WROK. Come on, I mean, I mean, come, you you know, I had to use this as an example. I had no choice. But if if they if if they were um uh if their families were being enriched. To the to millions and millions of dollars. Do you believe that the uh, Chicago Sun Times, the TV stations, uh, the Rockford Register Star, just to throw that out, just for the heck of it, because I mentioned Rockford and WROK. <laughs> Do you think that they would be investigating, and that would be a story as to why? the governor's family was making tens of millions of dollars from foreign governments. Right. Do you think that that would be a story? And that would, and so, and, and I'm using just, I'm you use the governors because uh, when these things happen, they become big stories. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the other thing. Is it unreasonable when there is no business? Because as we know, the Democrats did not feel and do not feel it's unreasonable to look at the Trump industries and businesses and question whether there is a conflict of interest. But we do know that they have legit businesses. Yeah. So if it's reasonable for Democrats to say we need to monitor that, is it unreasonable for Republicans to say when a presidential family is in no business that anyone knows of and receives tens of millions of dollars in foreign funds from companies relating to foreign governments, is that is should that be investigated? And I bet you if you took the names out of it and just put it in that scenario for any generic president, you'd have close to 95 to 99% of Americans saying, yes, that should be investigated. That is not unreasonable. And it's not unreasonable when you find out the FBI has a document stating no bribes were taken. Yeah. 
And that's the point they were trying to make. I'm like, they're doing a solid point in a very, very mellow back and forth. And, you know, Durbin really couldn't come up with anything except, well, let's uh, let them do their job and, you know, all that typical stuff. Has any Democrat since the document uh, came to Capitol Hill, has any Democrat said this didn't happen? I know some of the media are saying, some of the left media are saying there's nothing there, uh, even still. But you know, is you know, anyone on Capitol Hill saying that? No, not Democrats. Even, and not even Raskin. I mean, Raskin lied. He got caught in the lie saying right. that Bill Barr stopped the investigation. Which yeah, because I, I don't remember seeing that. No, I haven't seen that yet either. No. I know some no. of the media are, are still trying to play uh, defense for the president, but... I mean, that's yeah. just a weak attempt. Where else are you going to go? So you could tell Biden's getting irked because there he yeah. was. I mean, yeah. good God, the big presentation of we're going to make sure all ticket prices show that that's what they're with everything going yeah. on. That's what they're right. That's what they're throwing out right. that they're concerned with. I'm like, wow. And so the question comes up and, you know, you could just see he was so irritated that it came up. But what do you expect? Yeah. What do you expect? It's, it's going to be everywhere. Yeah. It's going to be everywhere. 866-90-RED-EYE. Every driver knows the cost of replacing tires is a major expense. What if you could save on tire costs without sacrificing performance or safety? Consider retreads, a sustainable, cost-effective way to rack up your miles. When talking retreads, sometimes there's worry when it comes to wear. But just because the tread is worn on a tire doesn't mean the casing is. Quality casings can far outlive their original tread. And once they're on your vehicle, the tread on a retread can last just as long or longer than the tread on a new tire. The key to preserving casings, whether new or retreaded, is regular tire maintenance checks. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Friday Radio, he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, so there it is. According to multiple U.S. government officials interviewed as part of a lengthy investigation by Public and Racket. This was uh, uh, from uh, uh, from Substack, uh, Michael Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, and uh, Alex uh, Gutentag. Uh, according to U.S. government officials, uh, after as part of a lengthy investigation by Public and Racket, the first people infected by coronavirus, patient zero, including included Ben Hugh, a researcher who led uh, the World Health Organization's gain of function research. Excuse me, the Wuhan the Wuhan virus, the Wuhan lab, uh, gain of function research on SARS like coronaviruses, which increases the infectiousness of viruses. Hmm. Now, answers increasingly look within reach. Sources within the U.S. government say three of the earliest people to become infected with SARS-CoV-2, uh, were all members of the Wuhan lab suspected to have leaked the pandemic virus. We had talked about this yesterday, but just at the end of the show, 
Well, it's, you know, exactly what everybody surmised based on the information that we had for a long time. But remember, if you put this on social media, for the longest time, it would get get you kicked off. As such, not only do we know that there were the Wuhan scientists who had developed the COVID-19-like illnesses in November of 2019, but also they were working with the closest relatives of SARS-CoV-2 and inserted gain-of-function features unique to it. Mm. When a source was asked how certain they were, the answer, 100%. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 truck stop at exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store and of course the super truck showroom stocked with plenty of chrome lights and more while you're there don't forget to visit the iowa 80 trucking museum next door it's free the entire team at the iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you they look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years sending you a giant thank you from iowa 80 the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Think about this as we get closer. You know, we, we, we talk about in any story, you know, what direction a story is going in and the direction of the story of uh, the lab leak has only gone in one direction. Yeah. And when you think about it, and I, I think this is where the seriousness comes in, when you think about the fact that the government and the media wanted to hide what is seemingly now the truth we're getting closer that that you know everything keeps leading in that one direction and as we said even if if it's ends up not being the truth it was simply another theory mm-hmm. 
when the first theory was not proven, you know, that it came from nature or the the the, the, the fish market or whatever. Um, as we stated, well, the news always, you, you talk about hypotheticals all the time. Could it come from here? Or could it come from there? Think about this. They shut it down completely. They shut it down. If you... Uh, if you brought if you brought it up, you could be banned from social media. If mm-hmm. you brought up the uh, the the lab leak, there was a complete censoring from the government on it. Now that we look at it, and you look at the money angle, because that's what people will look at. What's mm-hmm. the money angle? Right. Why why did Fauci do what Fauci did? On everything with COVID, whether it was this, and this is where you look into the money angle because of of what his position was and the government funding that they wanted to continue because that's the point that we would all look at. Well, why would they want to shut down the lab leak? Well, because it could hurt their funding in the future. Right. So you're not actually interested in the truth. And then the claim is you're the chief medical officer being straight with Americans about COVID. Mm-hmm. Yet you weren't being straight about it. So what did what did you do? Because of the money angle and you want the funding, let, let's us just censor anything that is not the official theory that we hold, which, by the way, won't affect future funding. Even late in the game, and it was really late in the game, I think it was toward the end of Fauci's reign, uh, maybe right before he retired, it was a liberal media article. New study shows there's little doubt in the wet market theory. They just keep trying over and over again to make sure that it's not about the lab leak. I don't know why you would want to cover this up. Unless you're somebody like Fauci. If you have no ownership in this at all. Then you should want the truth. Because what you can't say is, well, it will never happen again. And the reason you can't say that is because we found the cause. And we are going to make sure it never happened again. You've You've never done that. I I know how you can find the truth. I know. Look. (laughs) Once again. Not that hard. No. But but there's been this, well, no, we're not going to look. It shut the entire world down. It's worth looking at. And isn't it interesting because you take the you know that's a that's a huge story out there and it's like yeah but well but we're past that we shouldn't be looking back and then if you notice Biden the last couple of weeks look this happened years ago this was 2020 when this came out who really cares we're talking about when Biden was vice president it no longer is applicable yeah it is it- and it's applicable because now he's president of the United States and if he was compromised as vice president and was willing to do that 
He needs to be impeached. It could be compromised right now. Right. He's the current commander-in-chief. He's not right. sitting somewhere watching the sunset. I mean... Well, he it, may be. It's, well, <laughs> there's no telling what he's looking at. I can't tell, actually. He's squinting or has dark glasses on one, one or the other. But, you know, with the lab leak thing, COVID killed so many of the elderly that it was a seismic shift in Social Security. Think about that. Yeah, it moved it a year at least, which which is a lot when you think, because when you look at in, where it is right In a now, relatively short period of time. Yeah. And families don't deserve answers? I, I had a friend who was in a hospital for uh, over three months. Daughter and his, his only child and his wife couldn't visit. And he died in that hospital. A young guy. 43. And that's not worth pursuing? We're not... We're not talking about a couple of deaths which would still be worth pursuing. We're talking about millions of deaths around the world. And it's not worth pursuing? And when you look at everything, you know, when you look at uh, how the Democratic Party has focus so much on disinformation and disinformation yeah. must be stopped. Yeah. We're going to have well, our disinformations well, are. Well, exactly. Remember, remember, remember that right. horrible attempt? Right. The disinformations are because we are the ones that are telling you the truth. The person who was one of the top people that was responsible for disinformation is who they cho- chose to be that czar. Exactly. But, that's but, the, well, that's where they were going. But this is where you get into everything that the Democrats do. When they say something, it's the opposite. Yep. When you look at the border is secure, mm-hmm. how long we live with uh, that one, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at a biological male can be a biological female, right. so they should be able to play sports mm-hmm. if if they say so. If you look at the fact of the anti-racist movement, which is actually a racist movement, and yep. and, and so you look at... Uh, Inflation for a minute, they tried to sell it and say it was a good thing because yes. it meant people yep. were spending more money. Yep, and and then the 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 two the two biggest bombshells of them all was where we have to censor the Hunter Biden laptop because yeah. Yeah. it's disinformation, right? And we have to censor and not allow any other theory except the theory that we can't prove. Because neither theory could they prove. And tell me where and, they haven't weaponized the FBI. Think think about this. They weaponized the FBI uh, at who they who they sent to the offices of the social media companies on the laptop. They weaponized the FBI when parents issue concerns at at school board meetings. They weaponize the in, FBI in, in at order to, every turn. In order to shut... But you think about it. Why? In order to intimidate you and shut you off That's from right. what? Telling the truth. Telling the truth. And so the FBI was used in order to promote the fact that we need to stop disinformation. So if you're involved in disinformation, well then, oh, you're a domestic terrorist. 
And so you get to the point of everything that they have done is try to censor the truth. Yep. And then they are the ones that sit out there and claim, we need to stop this disinformation. Yet they are the biggest, there is no biggest, there is no bigger purveyor of disinformation than the left in government. No. No, there is. And they're the ones that have the power and the, that, the have enforcement. Used, that have used that power yeah. to yeah. do what? To censor the truth. Shut you down and, and hide the truth and bury the truth over and over again. And it's just amazing because the biggest stories, the biggest stories, you know, COVID and uh, corruption, influence peddling uh, in, in the White House. And that's what they, and then you see the FBI doing right now. What, what's the FBI trying to do now? The FBI is trying to, the management of the FBI is attempting to not allow the American public to see the truth, which is the document. Right. Now, how much of the document is actually the truth? That's not the point. But the document exists. They didn't want you to know that the document existed. Everything is about hiding the truth from you. And then they claim they're the ones that are in power to stop disinformation, Mm. yet they're the ones that are, again, the biggest purveyors of the disinformation and lies in our society today. Because there's, look at the two biggest stories, COVID's the biggest story, and they tried to censor any critical thinking analysis as to what really, really happened. And if you got in their way, and if you said what we, what, they're doing is wrong. The Great Barrington Declaration. Remember that? Oh, yeah. They would demonize and do everything they could to destroy you, just like in the liberal transgender activist movement. Everything is about either you toe the line or we destroy your life. Yep. You will be punished yep. for not believing in our narrative. And whether it's the truth or not doesn't matter. We yep. will stop you from, from doing it. And I think it's really important. That when these things happen, when we see where this is moving now, you know, with the the, the story over the last couple of days. By the way, the uh, Democrats have been awfully quiet on that one, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Since that one's come out, yeah. Uh, and and so it's very very important that we bring up and people understand every single time what this government has done, what the left in the government has done over the last five to ten years, the the where they have evolved where they have moved to, what their goal is. And their goal is not to serve you. Their goal is to serve themselves and their narrative, even when their narrative is, number one, delusional or a lie. And it's Mm -hmm. across the board. It's every single issue. It's not one issue. It's every single issue they're BSing you on. And if you don't agree with the BS, we're going to destroy you. Yep. And so finally, I'm just happy, and I know you are too, People are finally fighting back. Yeah. No, that's encouraging. Most definitely. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Friday Radio. 
He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just chuckling here. Mm. Just to, just Joe Biden, just reading the headline, Joe Biden snaps when asked about big guy reference. Dumb question. Not really. Mm, no, it's not. No, not a dumb that was question. a dumb answer. No, uh, well, a, a, <laughs> well, a dumb statement would be yeah. we're going to build a train across the, the Pacific and the Indian Ocean. That yeah. was a dumb comment. Yeah. By the way, that got blown up yesterday. We'd seen it, it was like at the news yesterday. It was like, what the hell is he talking about? Seriously. It's, like, it's every single time now. I know. Try and figure out what he said. I mean, this is why Jill is going to take the lead in the campaign at a couple of stops. You just don't want him out in public. You don't. And by the way, many people are going to learn that the first lady is Jill Biden. (laughs) (laughs) Who's she? Yeah, that's that's his wife. Really? No, it's it's just it's insane. Um, And there's no fix for this in terms of uh, his inability to hold a coherent thought. I don't know how you do that in a debate. Honestly, by the, by the time we get to next year, there's going to have to be at least, what, three debates? Yeah, just think about it. We are a year and three months from any debate that would happen between yeah. the Democrats and yeah. the Democrat nominee and the right. Republican nominee. Right. Wow, that's a long time. That's a long time. That's a long time. Can we take a year vacation and then come back? Or can we take a 13, 14-month vacation and then come back? I think that's what Biden's hoping to do. <laughs> no, you guys can't do it. Biden's already doing it. Wake, wake me up before the first debate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's... I, I would love to be able to fast forward to that time because I can't wait to see that. Oh, my gosh. What a soup show that's going to be. Whew. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because you don't get notes. You don't get a prompter. No. no oh, don't. man, it's not going to be good. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet Earth, even where there are eight foot tall aliens. It didn't happen. <laughs> we are. If you don't have a camera, two adolescents in the in the home. 
You know, you know, and what I, nobody had a camera. You know what I like, and and uh, I think I think National, I think it was National Review had a column on it. It was talking about this is a this uh, it's a psyop from the uh, the government that uh, he goes the, that it's the government feeding this whistleblower who hasn't seen anything himself false information to take you know basically to take people's minds yeah. off everything that's going on. The government says there are aliens and they actually have aliens. It's yeah. like it's a psyop yeah. going on. That's all. That that's all it is. They're trying to change the topic right. because the whistleblower does not say. I've seen the evidence. It's just people have told me. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just, uh, or, or you know, giving me a, a, a document that says it. It's like, you notice how that story went nowhere? Well, and in the interview, it's like, so we have alien ships? Yeah. How many? A lot. <laughs> it's like, that's not an answer. That doesn't sound like somebody with intel. Yeah, uh, I just, I, you know, it's like, okay, it's just this is just another, this is another distraction. Yeah, uh, and then you would have to ask the question. Then, uh, some, here's the thing: nobody's asked Biden. Has anybody asked Biden that question? Hey, you're president. Do these UFOs exist? Well, here's the thing: um, you saw a ten foot tall guy, a really tall guy with a big mouth in your backyard. There's a lot of those. LeBron James, <laughs> really tall guy with a big mouth. I'm not saying LeBron James was in your backyard, but you got to pair that down. Hey, where's the camera? Wait a minute. Wasn't Michael Jordan an alien in uh, Men in Black? Was Michael Jordan an alien? In, in that? Was I'm he trying one to of think them? if it was one of the aliens. Yeah, I don't remember. Michael, but I do think uh, Michael I think Jackson it, was. <laughs> but he actually is or was an alien. So <laughs> there's nobody actually even trying to dispute that one. Let's be clear. I, I got to tell you this. Yesterday, I'm just going through one of my free channels. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm just, you know, just going through all the, the movies. And all of a sudden, it says the artificial intelligence. I went, oh, what's this? Artificial intelligence. What? I'm like, what? Mm. And it's the movie from the 80s. Remember the movie Daryl? Yeah. It was the movie. And it was an acronym for something. Daryl was an acronym for yeah, something. Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it basically, it's the little kid who's, you know, artificial. And my, what's it? Michael uh, Michael McKean, is it the, from um, Laverne and Shirley, who was, what, Lenny? Not Squiggy, yeah. Lenny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His best role. <laughs> <laughs> but if AI is like the little kid, we're okay. <laughs> Right. He hits a baseball a long way. Yeah. And he's a loving creature. Yeah. Until he grows up and becomes <laughs> Mitt Romney. <laughs> then I'll, we're doomed. I'll never forget. I'll never. And I don't know whether Tim Allen ever has ever listened to this show or not. But when when uh, Last Man Standing was on that one time, and people that don't know Eric for years, Mm-hmm. has said, eh, Romney's a robot. Romney's yeah. a robot. I, I'm he's, con- he's, still convinced he's, he's a robot. He's really a robot. He's really yeah. a robot. He is. And that one time I was sitting there watching Last Man Standing, Tim Allen, and it was, I can't remember her, uh, her the actress's name, the, the his youngest daughter, mm-hmm. was really, really, they were all great. I mean, they were, yeah. what great actors in, in, in that. And even though it was, I know probably the left didn't like it because of the 
shots of, but I thought it was an, I thought that was, I thought they did such a much better job than Roseanne ever did of really sounding like a normal family, sound like a normal family yep. talking yep. about politics yep. and the disagreements that go on with the neighbors. That's going to be watching Fox and, news and right. the kids are going to be doing something else. And, you know, yeah. and you're going to, and dad's going to take his jabs at the left. And that's just, I mean, that's, that's more indicative, right. more, I think, uh, a representation of actual families than, yes. than just yeah. about anything that was on TV in terms of the political setting in the household. But there they are driving, and, and he turns to his daughter and he says, well, Romney is a robot. Oh, I lost it. <laughs> uh, and it wasn't even because the line itself was so funny. Right. It's because you had said it so many times. Yeah. And yeah. I always think one of, one of the, the, the best ones I ever saw mm. of, of Last Man Standing was when the, the, the next-door neighbor, who was black, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he comes over to the house, and Tim's wife is talking about, and by the way, uh, you know, I can't think of the actress's name who played Tim's wife. Remember, she was also in So I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just can't think of her name. Yeah. Uh, but she's talking about, and this is, you know, Hillary Clinton running. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, we need a woman. We need a woman. We right. need a woman. We right. need a woman. We need right. a woman. We need a woman. Yeah. You know, we need a woman. And so the neighbor comes over and she said, yeah, but I'm telling my daughters that they need to vote for Hillary Clinton. And the younger daughter's like, no, <laughs> I'll vote for the right woman. I'm not going to vote for that woman. And and so Chuck, who's the next door neighbor, who's black, comes over. And she said, I'm trying to get the daughters to vote, you know, because, uh, be, you know, for a woman, because it's time we have a woman. She goes, well, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, by the way, that's a pretty daring line to put in a it, show. It, it it really was, but his res, his response was was great, even though I disagreed with the response. It was right. still a great response because yeah. he said, "What? Well, you're talking Obama? Well, I didn't vote for Obama because he was black. Mm-hmm. I voted for Obama because he was the best candidate, and yeah. it was always. Oh, but it was right. great because it." It's like okay, where do you, you can't get angry at it because it was a great point. Yeah, you don't vote right. for somebody just because of their sex and race. Right. Was his comment, even though he did make the wrong decision in voting for Obama. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that was a. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, so I the artificial intelligence when I saw so I, I watched like five minutes of it. And I went, okay, this is really a eighties B movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but. It, uh, it caught my attention there for a moment, and I went. Okay. Somebody, there was an article that said there's a there's a bunch of AI created junk for sale on Etsy. So people are using AI to design, you know, these little signs and whatever they sell, oh. you know, in their little Etsy store. And one of them looked really uh, robotic. I mean, it looked like the old. Um, the graphics from Pong, <laughs> <laughs> the first video game. I mean, it was it was really bad, but I think it was intentional. I think mm-hmm. the Etsy seller actually promoted that this is all AI created stuff, so it was supposed to look robotic, and the graphics were supposed to look that way. But it was it was funny. Um, I think there's it, what's interesting here is that. Uh, you're seeing all this come together uh, at a time when there's so much, <laughs> so much misinformation. Then you throw AI out, and someone made the um, the great observation recently that said, "Well, 
AI is just taking the information, even wrong information, and collecting it and doing and following through with uh, a directive to the best of its ability. Mm -hmm. If you look at uh, chat GPT, uh, that kind of approach is basically just directing it to round up stuff on the Internet and do something with it. But it could be wrong. Yeah. It can round up false information Mm -hmm. and do that. And, you know, the whole world seems to be losing their mind. Well, the media is. Yeah. No, I think that's a a driven, it's a media-driven thing. I do believe that, yeah. You know, the... um what I what I like speaking of the, the the media was and I've got a couple of audio cuts here, you know, Biden yesterday, you know, at the uh, the hearing about transparency and ticket prices. Yeah. Where the wow. where the entire ticket price will be there. Getting stuff done. And the media doesn't care about this. No. And if you've noticed like he's got a group of people, you know, with him, advocates for transparency and ticket prices uh-huh. that nobody is talking about because it's not the transparency and ticket prices that people are really concerned with. It's the surcharge of the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, if you hide, if you give the, we, we talked about the same thing with the, the airline tickets, mm-hmm. that when the Democrats came out and said, we want full transparency, you are going to get, you are going to get the, the full price, the yeah. full price will be there where airlines used to sit there and say, okay, here's your price. Right. You know, this is your price. This is what we're charging you. And then when you go to check, you know, buy your ticket, mm-hmm. then all the surcharges and government fees come up. Right. And so you and I were like, well, that's great transparency because I can see precisely what I'm paying for, what I'm paying for and how much of my money is going there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we don't want the public to see that. So their transparency was actually the opposite. Yeah. Because you really right. got trans and, and with the ticket price, you talk about transparency. When you see the ticket price is a hundred bucks and your final price is 150. And it's like, well, you don't see that at the end. And so they're not being transparent. What do you mean? They're being totally transparent. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at that going, I go, Oh my God. 35 bucks for a, a processing fee for mm-hmm. a ticket that I get online. Mm-hmm. So what's the purpose? What's the purpose of it? So we've always said, well, we can make the opposite argument that you're actually not being transparent because the fury at the end, when you see the original low price and then you see what the, the, the ticketing processing fee is yeah. Yeah. from whoever is doing it, whether mm-hmm. it's, I can't think of the, the big one out there. Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the, 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 the fees, you know, for, uh, as I call it, aftermarket, StubHub and things like that. Mm-hmm. Third and party. Mm-hmm. And, and then people get angry at it. They're, you know, they're furious. Well, that's the entire point. You have, at that point, when people are livid, you have transparency. They sure. recognize, you know, what the actual cost is. But they, the White House is trying to make this as a big to-do, and none of the reporters care about this at all. No. They just don't care about it. And so... You know, uh, here's here's uh, one of the questions. Uh, and again, it's uh, there are a few shotted questions. But the one that comes through, as you hear, a reporter said, why did the Ukraine FBI informant fire refer to you as the big guy? And then Biden and there's people talking. But then you can hear him say, well, why just such a dumb question? But here it is. All right, here we go. 
There he is. Why did you ask such a dumb question? And everybody surrounding him looks as uncomfortable as you could possibly be. And uh, then the the next one is, uh, you know, well, <laughs> what would you like Blinken to achieve in China, sir? And you can see it. This is a more of a close-up shop where you hear ending hidden junk fees. Well, you're not ending the junk fees, and you're not ending them, and they weren't hidden. Mm-hmm. You saw them at the end when you checked out, and they would be itemized what you had to pay for the processing fee. But they think they're doing this great thing that America cares about, and the reporters could care less. But so here's another question, and then he he gets a little bit irked. Well, that's not what we're that's not what we're here for. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Yeah. Mr. President, can you tell us what you want Lincoln to achieve in China, sir? Yes, I spoke with him and talk about that later. That's not what this is about. And on the cyber attack today, sir, can you say anything about the cyber attack today for us? No. Thank you, Thank you everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then when they realize they're not going to get a question on ending hidden junk fees, it's like, all right, everybody out, everybody out, everybody. Yeah. You can hear them going, everybody out. Right. They're, they're getting them out. How dare you not care? And and you could and but the looks on every the, the 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 people next to him the people sitting next to him after they had this discussion on ending junk fees look as uncomfortable as you could possibly get because nobody in the media has any interest <laughs> in while they're there what they care about is you know the 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 big issues including bribery. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, big guy. Hey, big guy, would you answer a question? I want somebody to address him as big guy. <laughs> See if he turns his head. I'm really upset that, you know, they're referring <laughs> that this scandal, this uh, you know, the the whole bribe allegation has anything to do with Mr. Carlson from WKRP. Mm-hmm. Very upset about that. Mm-hmm. For those under 80. <laughs> WKRP was a show yeah. from, what was it, 78 to 81 or 82, something like that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Right, four years. Yeah. I'm waiting for a reporter to address him as a big guy. See, if, as he's walking away. Hey, big guy, I can do more push-ups than you. Pete Ducey will each give you 10 bucks if you do that. Challenge him to a push-up contest. Please. Somebody. Challenge him to a push-up <sighs> contest. Somebody did refer, somebody wrote me yesterday, referring to him as him as Izzy Mandelbaum, and I realized... Yeah. We haven't done that in a while. It has, it has been a minute. The yeah, Izzy, for sure. The Izzy Mandelbaum comparison <laughs> from Seinfeld. For those of you under 70, <laughs> Seinfeld is a show that ran from 1989 oh to 1998. <laughs> a, Giddy a, up. A now banned, if some on the left have their way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Seinfeld needs to be banned. They weren't good human beings. I guess I'll have to go underground and watch Seinfeld then. <laughs> if that ever happens, giddy up, giddy up. Eight six six ninety red eye. Most owner operators leased to larger carriers are paid on a per mile basis or a percentage of revenue per load. The per mile basis is most prevalent among larger fleets. Percentage at smaller pay per mile tends to dominate discussions about pay just because it's easier to measure. And pay per mile often is wrongly used as the deciding factor in leasing to a carrier. 
While pay per mile can be a vital factor, it's not a cure for every ill. Nor does it mean a big settlement check is coming an owner-operator's way. Why? Because pay per mile always must be considered in balance with gross revenue as well as total costs. Gross revenue can include flat mileage pay, mileage pay that varies by length of haul, percentage revenue pay, and more. Most importantly, though, for every revenue dollar generated, only part of that dollar is profit. But for every extra dollar of cost saved, the entire dollar contributes to profit. Knowing and understanding your cost to operate is fundamental to understanding the true value of any pay package. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website for more detail on Business 101 and many other topics. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Are you into weird, spooky, and strange history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, unsolved mysteries, the paranormal, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Horrifying History, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. America starts the day with America in the morning. Pending home sales numbers, they tanked in April, but there are. Hi, I'm John Trout, your host for the latest news, politics, entertainment, business, and weather. Octane action in the dust, a new film puts. Our staff of correspondents provide a fast paced look at the world with specialized reports from where news happens. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Amazon. Concise, accurate, and fresh each day. America in the morning, the podcast, available wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, on yesterday's show, we had played the audio cut of Biden saying that the U.S. plans to build a railroad. This is a quote. Has plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. End of quote. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah. I mean, it was completely a delusional moment for him. And the GOP responded. Uh, they put out a tweet yesterday. Last night, Biden announced the U.S has plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean, a modern engineering marvel forever <laughs> memorialized in the White House transcript. Of course, that's completely absurd, and it's not worth even exploring. Far more troubling are these erratic, brazen untruths and bizarre asides that have defined Biden's presidency. Biden has been a shameless liar his entire life. But Americans clearly agree the problems run far deeper. Mm. In fact, a significant majority of Americans, including seven in 10 independents, say Biden's mental fitness is a real concern, while just 32 percent believe Biden has the mental sharpness it takes to serve effectively as president. When the president of the United States uh, announces an 8,000 plus mile railroad spanning a miles deep ocean, something that is not now or ever been under consideration Americans have every reason to be concerned. Yeah. And that's the point. Yeah. You know, people say, well, you shouldn't make fun of him. He has cognitive problems. His family and the Democratic Party completely deny that's the case. Exactly. It's Run Out Radio. <laughs> He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. You know, we were talking about it the other day. 
uh, Wheel of Fortune, and then we started talking about Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> hallowed. We're, we're, what <laughs> is the hallowed? That, that hallowed show. <laughs> you know, they may have to end Jeopardy. They may have to end these game shows where they ask you, basically they're asking you questions because apparently we're becoming an ignorant society even beyond that. The, talk, the the Fox story Jeopardy producer asked fans to forget painful episode ever happened, but they're talking about a number of questions that there have been uh, over the last couple of weeks. 23 triple stumpers where nobody rang the bell on questions. But the one that what? really just blew people out of the water, <laughs> New York Post starts a story, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> One one seemingly simple answer prompt has gotten three Jeopardy contestants in hot water with fans as they failed to correctly finish the Lord's Prayer. The clue that had all three contestants stumped, Our Father, which art in heaven, and they have that in quotes then, this be thy name. What is hallowed? What is hallowed, exactly. All three contestants stood awkwardly in their place, evidently not knowing the answer. Well, even in the secular world, that's been put in I don't know how many different uh, movies, TV shows. You would at least know that part of it. And if you're an Iron Maiden fan, you've known that part of it since 1982. Just like fans of the game were not happy with the contestants as they deemed it was an easy clue. That's hallowed, you heathens. A Jeopardy fan, Lindsay Wilcox, live tweeted during the show. They're yeah. going to. Yeah. Hey, Jeopardy geniuses. It's hallowed. Jeez, what a sad world we live in. How can all three adults who made it to be contestants on the show, not at least know the start of the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Wow. By the and, way, and they show the they show still pictures of like the three contestants like in a totally confused state. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh I may be personally and solely responsible if Seacrest takes over Pat Sajak's job. Yeah, you did say that. So yeah, Sajak, yeah. it was a couple of years ago, yep. and I just happened to be on Twitter at the very moment he tweeted, hey, trying to win a bar bet. I'm still the host of Wheel of Fortune, right? And I replied, like, instantly, no, Seacrest is. And he replied to me, dang it, a as in, I lost the barbet. So I planted the seed, apparently. Because his name came up. Yeah. Yeah, according to reports. Who knows who will actually end, end up being that. I, I don't know. I don't see Seacrest in that role. I don't know who I see there. Uh, Steve Harvey on, uh, you know, on uh, uh, Family Feud is very funny. He's so funny. But if you're going to replace a Pat Sajak, the demographics 
for that show are older than Family Feud, but they don't have to be, right? If you want to change the demographics, bring in some younger viewers, maybe you change it up and go with a younger comedian or I don't know. I just, Seacrest seems like a boring choice. Interesting you mentioned Steve Harvey because I saw him um, on uh, just a clip from Comedians in Cars with Coffee with yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. And he yeah. was. He, did you see where he said he, I forgot what the joke was, but he had to apologize for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, and Seinfeld said, you don't apologize for anything. And he said, I have to because I have another job. Yeah. He yep. said, if I was a comedian, yep. just a comedian, I would have when never you're apologized. Host, it's different. He said, but when I'm a, he said, I'm a game show host. And, and, uh, and Jerry's still like, no. You never, yeah. you never apologize for a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. Right, you never apologize. Right. He, you know, I just wouldn't you love to have, and not, not even about if, it, like, if I met Seinfeld, the last thing I'd be talking about is his show. Yeah. I'd want to know. Yeah. I'd want to know where he stands on the issues, and I, I, I probably would have to say, okay, this is off the record. Hmm. But you got to. Where do you stand on all these issues here? Because you can sense, you can sense that he's a no BS kind of person. And and you and I were talking about the other day when one comedian was a couple of comedians on, you know, talking about well, you know, people come up and you know and bother me and how to, Zach Galifianakis yeah, is one of them. Yeah, that, yeah. And and he's just like, stop it. Yeah. You're out in public. What do you expect? Right. People are going to take pictures. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to come up to you. There were there were a couple of jokes. In fact, <laughs> there are I can think of at least four episodes where they made jokes and then they joke about now nah, we'll take that out later, and they clearly left it in because it's in because I mm-hmm. saw it, and it was a number of jokes <laughs> that I thought you wouldn't get that past the network censor. There's no way if this show were anywhere else but Netflix or back in the day when it was started on Crackle, I think, then it wouldn't wouldn't happen. And it's it, that's the idea, not apologizing for the joke. You know, if if, if we're going to do that, then you're going to have to go, you know, uh, someone like Mel Brooks is going to have to, you know, you're going to have to call him out. And cancel him for for blazing saddles when you fail to see the point. We talked about it uh, the other day on the show. The absurdity is where the humor lives. Mm-hmm. You're laughing at the ignorance of the character. That's what you're laughing at. And people today don't understand how comedy works. And even, you know, uh, Norman Lear, who was well-known liberal, but mm-hmm. when you look back at, and I always saw this with, uh, with uh, I almost said married with children. Mm. <laughs> all, all in the family. All in the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I remember when it was on during the time, you know, when it was in its first run. And I remember the media coverage of it was, well, you know, the that uh, Archie was the, Archie was the idiot and he made it funny. And Archie was the one that was wrong. I remember thinking all the time, I said, well, that's not true. Michael's wrong all the time in analyzing things. Mm -hmm. 
And 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 so I said, they're both wrong. Mm-hmm. I said, which is why I always enjoyed it, because they were they, you know, and. And I think um, and, and and we, you know, we talk about comedy in general and, and again, the left, you know, being upset now of any type of comedy. You wonder if married, with, married with children. Well, you wonder with married with children mm. or all in the family. I don't know why I'm mixing the two up. Mm. Uh, you know that that you look at it and you say, well, yeah, it's funny because they're they're all flawed people. And some of the criticism comes, well, these people are ridiculous. It, you know, nobody would be that way in real life all the time. You know, there's it's like, well, that's sort of the point, right? You're exaggerating they're a character. You're right. You're they're they're a character, and a lot of it is exaggeration. And probably you wouldn't see a lot of it in real life, but a lot of it you would. Mm-hmm. But I just always thought that. All in the Family was great because they were both wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were both wrong many times. Not all the time, but a lot of times they were both wrong. Mm-hmm. But there was also a humanity. The one I'll never forget is when, remember when they left, when uh, Michael and Gloria left. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I haven't watched it in years. But it just stays in your brain. And uh, Archie tells Michael he loves him. Mm-hmm. That was like that would you know blew you away because you're like wow yeah and and that was the you know that was the genius of that show is that you laugh you laugh like crazy at the absurdity of it all but they did have you know the moments and even Edith at times when she would come out because she was portrayed as being stupid well he called her dingbat Ding, exactly yeah and 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 but, one of my favorite lines from her what? and I used it with my kids drink all of your orange juice because you don't know what part the vitamin C is in. <laughs> genius writing. Yeah, it was. It was genius, uh, uh, genius writing. But when you look at it, I and, you know, we had said this when the comedian started, you know, first recognizing what was happening at college campuses. Mm-hmm was going woke and you and I had talked about the importance of stand-up comedians being fearless because they're part of the pop culture which means they're viewed differently for example in the mainstream media than we are mm-hmm. they just ignore conservative talk radio yeah. or they right. will throw out they'll throw out stereotypes or whatever yeah um do they really listen? No. But when it comes to comedians, everybody's exposed to them. And I do believe that the turn that you see in this country was really the what lighted, ignited it, was the catalyst, was Dave Chappelle. Yeah. I really believe that it was. I think yeah. that he has done this country a great service. He may not view it that way. Hey, I'm just telling jokes. But... Uh, he is the one that, you know, took all the, you know, took all the, the shots. Yeah. You know, he, uh, you know, he took all the arrows from the media, uh, coming, you know, coming his way because he said, okay, we're going to, if we're going to observe, we're going to observe everything. Yeah. And when you observe everything, people become uncomfortable. Well, and he's a guy who's walked the walk when, they, he mentioned this in one of his stand-up specials on Netflix, and they went after him, you know, and he used the um, uh, proverbial 
you know, get off the bus thing. And he said, look, I'm the one who got off the bus and left $50 million on it. Yeah, he did. You know, based on principle, he walked away from a massive, massive, massive deal. But, you know, he built something based on stand-up. Seinfeld did the same. Uh, I know it's also Larry David's creation. But they build they build something on a craft that they honed. And when we talked Dave Chappelle, he was a teenager. His dad would drive him to do stand-up. You know, so you yeah, he did it very young. So you look at that and and how you build your craft in in something that isn't easy. It's really hard. It doesn't pay. And it only pays if you make it like one of those guys. There's a ton of comedians that never reach that kind of, you know, point. Uh, You wonder how they stay out there. Well, we can have that discussion. But there are, you know, when, when he started to resonate with people, the left saw him as dangerous. Yeah. Yep. Because he's in the world of pop culture. And the fact of the matter is there's no way to cancel someone like him. He can book his own venue, sell his own tickets. Yep. He can hire his own security. You can't stop him today. You can't. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on the top of the hour, the majority say that the Biden Department of Justice makes the U.S. look like a banana republic, including 37% of Democrats. Mm. We'll get uh, to that new report out. Major League Baseball quietly tells teams that they can ditch their pride uniforms. Oh, This is happening uh, oh. uh, uh, across the board in many sports. Hmm out there now so we'll get uh, to that and the uh, latest on the biden scandal the biden here's a headline the biden's coerced barisma to pay 10 million in bribes says a credible fbi source so we'll get to that. oh oh and the 10 u.s cities yeah. where 200 where two hundred fifty thousand goes the furthest are all in the south okay they use that they use that number they used that number in order to show the difference. They took an amount that was higher so you could show what that, you know, what that actually, what you can, what your buying power is of 250000 in the highest tax cities versus the lowest tax. Now, I will say hmm. I was pretty surprised at the difference in it, and I do have questions because the difference in the article is extremely great to the point where I went, Really, it's that much? Mm. So we'll get to that and more on the way. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. 
Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen when and where you choose. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Friday. Father's Day weekend coming up. That's right. And so I will be uh, leaving a little bit later on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, direct nonstop. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I will see my dad. Um, I come back Sunday night. I was supposed to come back Monday morning, but they, because uh, we uh, have a three-day weekend. Right. I was supposed to come back Monday morning, but the direct nonstop, for some reason, American canceled. I can't figure out why. Oh. It's not like they canceled it, you know, permanently. It's just for that day. For that day. And, hmm. and it was like, what? Okay. And so they, they had moved me to a direct flight later, or not a direct flight, but a, a uh, you know, where I had to go through, I forgot where it was. And I said, nope, I'm coming back on the direct flight Sunday night. So, but I get to spend, I'm, I'll be seeing my dad all the time now over the next, uh, nine months mm-hmm. I'm going back for a ton of different reasons uh over the next uh you know eight months or so all right i'll be back a lot so uh it'll be good to see dad he's doing good he's doing uh really good 97 yeah and i'll make sure i get a picture of him because everybody loves it when i get a picture of him yeah and he's still doing great i mean he's still um you know he's in, he's actively involved in you know still leading the family Mm-hmm. Good. Good. And uh and so uh it's uh it's always great. And so we'll probably do our breakfast at our little place again. Marty's in Clarence Center, New York. Probably do that Saturday morning. Yeah. I'll so. go see my dad on Sunday. Two hour drive. Uh that craft that I'll be in will make two stops. One for coffee and then maybe one for gas. Yeah, it's not a direct flight. <laughs> oh, it's uh, you know, uh we've we talk about we you know, we've talked about our our dads a lot on uh, on the show because and and we always it's not going to happen, but we always talked about the fact that wouldn't it be great if our fathers could meet and what would that be like? What would the conversation be like? Oh yeah, no, it'd be yeah, great. Oh, be yeah. great. An engineer and a, a seasoned investigator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Call us when you're done, guys. Could see it, and you know, here we are, critical thinkers, and our sons, our sons end up as BSers on the air every day. Well, how the hell did that happen? Yeah, <laughs> didn't we raise them right? <laughs> so my sister gets on the group text, and the siblings, hey, found a gift. Uh, you all want to go in and the rest of us were like, oh yeah, great. And thank you. That's very kind. So we all sent her the, uh, the money. And the idea is that then you don't go get anything else, right? You don't try and outdo another sibling, but there was one gift that I came across that I had to get. And it's a coffee cup that says, my favorite child gave me this coffee cup. <laughs> yeah, that's something I would do. Yeah, yeah. It, I just laughed out loud when I saw it. And I thought, okay, I got to get it. I got. He, he may not even use it, 
but I'm going to get it. Well, it was. It's funny. It's funny you say that because it got to Wednesday. Like ah, I got to get dead. So I don't know what to get him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My sisters came through to save the day. Hey, there's a bunch of different things that he needs, and and we figured you would know. It's like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. why don't you? Why don't you give him this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, isn't it? It's great having. It's great having sisters for those moments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I normally I, I don't have any issues at all. In fact, I, I just hadn't uh, gotten around to it. Um, this was Monday or Tuesday uh, when it went down. And, but she found something that was really nice that 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 he would definitely like. And I know she wanted mm-hmm. to get it. And so it's a great group gift. Um, I'm I'm usually pretty good at, at getting some gifts uh, on his birthday. I got him a new weather radio. And it's yeah. still they still sell the ones with a crank. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have and one of those. I have one. So it has a crank power. It also has, you know, a battery. It also has solar power on it. And it's more compact than the other weather radios from the past. And it's it was really neat. And I told my dad, I said, I'm, I'm gonna let you test drive that one, then I might get one for me. Um, and I got, I got him this a couple of years ago, a really cool, uh, flashlight set, rechargeable flashlight. And this thing is so bright. Uh, but it has, you can charge your phone from it. It does so many things. And I, right after I gave it to him and he opened it, I was like, man, I got to get one of those. So (laughs) on the way home, I ordered one for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I try and get those things where I know that, that, uh, like the weather radio, he can take out on his boat when he's fishing. Mm-hmm. He's normally in tune with the weather anyway, but you might want to just have it right. And, um, and it's just kind of a more of, <laughs> he's a weather enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're missing it yesterday somebody was described what what did they what was it what were they described as uh yeah was it, it was a, uh what's her name from msnbc that was described oh, as, oh, a, as a russia gate rachel maddow rachel she's maddow. a russia gate enthusiast yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was it that's uh-huh. okay and you know with with that it's you know i mean it's i i have the same interest it's you know watching the weather but also uh, you know, around the house, you, you know, have these cool little toys. And so usually it's something like that. Uh, so I am I'm wearing this shirt actually to honor my father. And mm-hmm. it says, nobody cares, work harder. Yeah. And that basically is an offshoot of DTJ. Mm-hmm. Do the job. Mm-hmm. But that was, and I don't wear this out in public much because I'm afraid some. What do you mean? Are you saying I don't work hard? But I wear this. What do you mean you don't care? You have to care. <laughs> no, I don't. It's like uh, nobody cares, work harder, which is exactly what my father told me. Many, nobody cares about your problems. Go work harder. Leave it at the door. Yeah, leave it at the door. And, and you know, that's what, you know, I got, I got, uh, you know, I got that from him. Um, yeah, everybody knows me. I got so much from him when I was, you know, I still remember when I was 14 years old. So it had to be 1969. Hmm. When he said to me, he said, the world is not the way it is. You're not going to be able to get a job and have a job for 30 years. That's not going to happen. It's like, well, it almost is here. (laughs) But he he meant like in industry or 
you know, regular business. Yeah, one one, one career. Yeah, one for, career. He said that's yeah. yeah, you're not gonna have one career like so many people did. Yeah. And he said you need to be good at three or four different things. He said you need to be good at something trade related, engineering related, sales related, and then what you love to do. Yeah. You know, and you have all and then you have a backup. And if you're gonna do when I got in this, you said if you're gonna do if you're gonna do that, you better have a backup. But he was always always, you know, for me and it's still a joke today. We'll still, we'll, somebody will probably bring it up, you know, Gary, be an engineer, be an engineer, be an engineer, be an engineer, be mm. an engineer. And I remember that moment when my father said, you need to stay in this, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was when um, I was working just for a very, very short time, part time at our great affiliate in Chicago, WLS. And my dad came up to this, my dad had some kind of steel conference in the city. And so... He actually jumped into the, you know, the they they he had a limo that took him to the hotel. And the company was paying for it, so my father would never pay for a limo on his own. Mm-hmm. And he said, and he said, hey, could you turn my my son's on the radio? Could you, you know, turn uh, turn him on? And the limo driver was already listening to me mm. because we're not supposed to have it on in the car. But since you want to listen, that's what I was listening to. That's your son, yeah. So my father came to this. He came to the. Uh, to the um, oh, I think he went to this hotel and then he came over to the radio station. Yeah, and he yeah. came up and they made him a cup of coffee and he sat in for like the last two hours of the show and just watched it. Yeah, and he had never done that yeah. before. Yeah, and we were driving back. He was coming back to my apartment for a while before he went back to his hotel. And I never forget driving back and he said, you know, just talking about stuff. And then it was maybe quiet for five seconds. He turned. He says, "You need to stay in this." Huge mm-hmm. moment in my life. Yeah. I always said I don't need my father's approval. Mm-hmm. You know, you always were like, because he was, you know, it was like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And I was in my 30s by that time. And he's like, you're not really making a lot of money. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, he says, you've got talents elsewhere. You should use those talents, you know, to, to make money. And so he wasn't, as I tell him today, we laugh. I go, you weren't wrong. Mm-hmm. Nobody was wrong. It just happened. <laughs> happened on. Happened to uh, it, it all happened just you know to, to work out, but um, he said, "Yeah, he said you need to do it." He said, "You're," he goes, "You need to stay with us," and that was a huge moment. Maybe I didn't need it, but I'm telling you, once I got it, I realized I wanted it. Yeah, you want the approval. Yeah. Of, I wanted the approval of my father. Well, you know that was that when when I started uh, the day I started, um, I was 18. My dad picked me up. Uh, my car was having a, the engine rebuilt, and he picked me up after my first full day. And he had WBAP, our flagship station, on the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, unless, you know, he goes, look, you know, this radio thing might be something big, you know, um, if you were like these guys. And he was listening to Hal Jay and Dick Siegel, back then, they did a split shift of mornings and afternoons. So we were listening to the afternoon show. And, you know, he said, you know, these guys have careers. I mean, they're in the big city. They've been doing it for a long time. He said, but this could be a great hobby. Maybe you should consider the military, law enforcement, you know, and he went down the list. I said, oh, okay. I just kept showing up for work, and then years later, uh, in uh, in the mid-90s, ended up at WBAP. 
and taking him a WBAP coffee cup that he still has today. Wow, that's great. That's you know, and it's, again, he wasn't wrong. I almost, in fact, before I landed this gig, I was testing uh, to uh, become a police officer. And I got his advice. And he said, you know, okay, if you want to do this, this is how you should do it. I think you should do it. Uh, he was military police and, and also uh, taught law enforcement and criminal investigation. And I, you know, there were a couple other things that, that basically uh, swayed my opinion, including uh, a hearing loss and, and, you know, some personal things. And then I landed this gig. One of the things that my dad said, said, you know, look, you want to go through, you know, and, and get your uh, go finish school, go uh, get your degree in something and then specialize in something. And that way you can you can be a specialist in in one field or the other in law enforcement. Otherwise, you're going to be working overnights when you're in your 50s. (laughs) (laughs) And here I am. (laughs) I I think one of the uh, really uh, uh, great moments of of my life was when I went back to, you know, to because I was in Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in Rockford, then Chicago, and then I went back to Buffalo. Yeah. To to be a talk show host in my hometown. And my father was really proud. And to me, it was like almost, and he wasn't, he'd always say, this is my son, but it would be like, this is my son. He's a talk show host. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it, to me, it was almost like he was saying, uh, this is uh, Gary. He's a talk show host and my son, you know? And so I remember I, that would, it would always, he would always throw in what I am. And it, I never forget. I got a little irritated one time. My mother goes, yeah, it's like, you know, it's just every time he introduced me, it's the talk show host and, and his son. And my mother looked at me and she said, for God's sakes, your father is proud of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ought to be savoring this moment. And I went, it was like a, this thing went off in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah, what an idiot I am. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And from that to point on, I've always enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, but uh, that, that, that was my mom. That was my mom, you know, straightening my head out going, what are you talking about? Yeah. Are you crazy? Your father's proud of you. Mm-hmm. He's completely, totally, he approves of everything you're doing. He's proud of you. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, right. <laughs> what an idiot I am. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a positive moment and making it a negative. Right, yeah. You know, that's, you know, but uh, that's why parents are there to straighten you out. Still today. Well, as I, yeah, and I tell people, because people that are much younger than me will say, my parents, it's like, are they going to be telling me what to do my entire life? Well, yeah. Yeah. They're your yep. parents. Yep. They'll always be your parents. You better get used to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just accept it and go with it. <laughs> I have adult children. They call me all the time. Yeah. Or I call them. Yep. yep. And my dad's 90. My mom's 85. They call me all the time. Yep. Yep. And I ask for dad's advice. Always throw stuff by him all the time. Yep. At 97. Oh, yeah. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Yes, absolutely. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
Friday Radio. I'm Gary Mackmer along with Eric Hurley. Major League Baseball, this is uh, Breitbart and Washington Examiner. Major League Baseball has uh, quietly told teams that they can stop forcing players to wear uniforms and hats adorned with gay pride rainbow colors during their Pride Night games. The decision comes as the L.A. Dodgers are taking major heat for inviting the radical anti-Catholic hate group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, to its gay Pride Night uh, game on June 16th. Uh, and also as several major corporations, including Bud Light and Target, are facing serious economic losses. Uh, The Tampa Bay Rays uh, were the first Major League Baseball team to announce that players would not wear any rainbow color patches or jerseys during their June Pride game this year. But the league kept this uh, change to its Pride celebrations very quiet since giving teams dispensation to dump the Pride colors and special jerseys back in February, according to the Washington Examiners. The Rays had trouble with Pride Night plans last year when several players balked at being forced to wear rainbow colors. At the time, several players rebelled against the Pride jerseys and refused to wear them during last year's Pride games. Not all teams are dumping are dumping the forced um, uh, Pride uniforms. The L.A. Dodgers and San Francisco Giants have announced their intentions to continue wearing the Pride jerseys. Mm. There has been one team that has not been in the Pride business from the beginning. Yeah. The Texas Rangers, the only team that has consistently refused to indulge in any demonstrations of Pride and has never scheduled any Pride Night games. Mm. Now, we know they're talking about American teams here. We know that the Toronto Blue Jays are completely enveloped in the the whole pride thing to the point where yeah. they even admitted the one player who came out critical uh about about uh, uh the uh, the 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 pride celebrations uh they cut mm. and they admitted part of it was the distraction he was causing yeah imagine that yep. and and but that again Canada's a whole different ball game yep you can go to jail in Canada for not using the proper pronoun. I wonder if they thought that that player was more of a liability, not just a distraction. That there could be some kind of responsibility of the team to make sure that nothing was said. Because, Li- liability? Oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Might have been in God. based on based on again their laws. I haven't been paying attention to yeah. with the update of the laws yeah. uh, in Canada. We'll talk mm. more about this coming up. Mm. to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He is uh, Eric. I'm uh, I'm Gary. So, yeah, so you have the uh, Major League Baseball there. Just reading that article, the Major League Baseball quietly tells teams to that they can ditch the pride uh, uh, uniforms. Hmm. Uh, pro baseball is not the only uh, sport to see growing resistance to having pride forced on players. Games and their sports, a growing number of NHL players and teams are also turning away from blatant expressions 
uh, of the groomer agenda. Teams like the Chicago Blackhawks and the Buffalo Sabres have experienced issues uh, with using pride jerseys. In fact, uh, I, when the Buffalo Sabres asked for me to uh, give a review of what I thought, because I used to go to games when I lived there, and I used to go to some games when I was back. I haven't mm-hmm. years, but I'm still on the mailing list. And I told him, I said, you don't even know what you're representing. You have no idea what you're representing, the misogyny and the and the, 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 the sexism uh, that exists in the biological males can be biological females because they they say so. I said, this is way beyond mm. anything to do with, uh, you know, uh, the uh, for 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 people that may look at the pride movement as, OK, the sacrifice of people that came along so we can have equality. Uh, right. Way you know, it's to the point of promoting uh, biological insanity and teaching sexualized content to uh, to five year olds. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what you're promoting, the disgusting perversion that exists there. And it was interesting because uh, the political editor of Breitbart, and uh, let me see, her uh, name is uh, it's uh, Emma Jo Morse is gay. Mm. A Breitbart, and you mm. can't get more conservative than Breitbart. And she wrote an article on it. Mm. And she wrote, I used to hate pride, probably for all the same reasons any conservative scoffs at it. It's loud, obnoxious, overhyped, corporatized, sexualized, and an awkward holiday. But for me, it was also personal. Growing up conservative and proud to be an American, I rolled my eyes at the parades and flags. And then when it occurred to me as I got a bit older that I was gay myself, Total dread, total horror. I have to be associated with that. I couldn't bear it. That display and cultural connotation kept me in the closet for almost 10 extra years, just being terrified Interesting. of people thinking that that is who I am. I was offended by pride. I was. Uh, it was way too much attention focused on the one thing I saw as an impossible hurdle to the person I longed to be, which mm. was just normal. Yeah. And she goes. She goes on to talk about what I just mentioned: the people that believe uh, that uh, pride used to be okay. Those people that went before that died or were hurt or sacrificed in order to get what they believe are the rights that they deserve. Mm-hmm. You know, and you look and say, okay, so it's not about celebrating what you are; it's a sacrifice that people made to do something that you view as good, right? And that's what she, you know, she's had discussions on it with other people that she recognizes that she says that's what she recognizes as what pride should be but as she said that's not what it is mm. uh and uh she said in the last rough uh, roughly 15 years around gay marriage supreme court ruling and the broad social acceptance of gay people in relationships that set in around the same time uh lgbtq plus interest groups began to seek new frontiers of activism and fundraising. In that period, the political movement departed from its original mission of equal civil rights for American citizens who have an immutable trait in being homosexual and in doing so embarked on a neo-oppression of gays by generating fake grievances and controversy on their behalf. Now, I would even go as far as to say that gay people are losing the ability to enjoy the rights so hard hard fought uh, by those before them because the political apparatus now won't let them, insisting instead on keeping their sexuality as a central focus and as a controversial issue. 
Wow. Um, and uh, she. Uh, then let me just. I want to get down to it here because it, it's a pretty long article, and I want to get to to the point at the um, <clears throat> uh, where it gets to. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to get here. In 1996, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of protecting gays and lesbians from discrimination and ruled uh, that sodomy laws were unconstitutional in 2003. In 2015, just 12 years after uh, homosexuality was decriminalized, the Supreme Court issued the 5-4 decision declaring same-sex legal in all 50 states. The gay rights movement of the 20th century was so effective and so commendable uh, because it appealed to American ideals. Uh, that was all pride is ever about. Now, the LGBTQQIAAP2S+, I put it in uh, scare quotes because I do not see or understand why all the letters are smashed together to form a community of people with nothing really in common. Wow. Uh, but it, <laughs> but it's a political a- apparatus that's doing everything to undermine that message and creating a max- maximum cringe situation for regular gay Americans pretending we're about being in everyone's face when that is not at all what the original activism ever sought. Now corporations are pandering by making pride collections, sometimes for children, and enlisting cartoon characters like Dylan Mulvaney as brand ambassadors. Now the government is waving gay flags at the White House in place of the American flag and having branches of the military and intelligence agencies, even Lockheed Martin producing pro-gay uh, pro, uh, content. Now schools are putting on events discussing homosexuality and gender for students, sometimes in grade three, grade two, and pre-K. Children's shows, too, are raising the rainbow flag, including shows like Peppa Pig and Sesame Street, beloved by toddlers. Then you have the annoying dumb drama being gymmed up more directly by rights groups for no apparent reason other than fundraising and pestering the general public like the human rights campaign declaring a state of emergency for LGBTQ people in the United States. The United States, that would be the most free and tolerant and safe nation for gays on earth, of course. And all of this nonsense now uh, does is patronize gays and create an unnecessarily difficult situation. In some cases, Like mine for a time, it is actually preventing people from coming out who do not want to be drafted into the political battles that have nothing to do with equality or anything about daily life for that matter or don't want to call attention to their sexuality as a defining characteristic. Hmm. In other cases, it is isolating gays again, uh, again in the backlash as the general public has seen gay politics as a never-ending conquest for more and more privileges or an affront on children and the nuclear family. I'll never hang up a rainbow flag. I'll never wear a tie-dye or stripes or set foot within 100 yards of any parades. I also definitely think uh, a month is a lot. Uh, and But goes on to say, you know, the basically that the pride movement has been co-opted as she doesn't get into what it's really been taken over by, which is the transgender, the insanity right. of the transgender activist movement right. is what it's been taken over by. And, but, and others have. They brought that to the surface and said, uh, mm-hmm. look, and we said it. 
because this is exactly what you hear from uh, others in LGBTQ. There's we have. They're saying, yeah, we have. It's not Pride Month anymore, right? It's Transgender Month, and we have heard whether it was the uh, the 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 well-known gay activist, probably in, in his seventies now, mm-hmm. who was, you know, said there from the very beginning that this was not what he signed up for, right? And that's the one thing that isn't being talked about here because, and we had said this a couple of months ago that we hear uh, from gay people who say, I'm afraid to, I, I can't even, I, I have to be completely quiet. I feel incredibly oppressed by the pride movement. Well, is it exactly what she said? She wrote, in the closet 10 years longer because I didn't want to be associated with it. And now, I mean, in 2023, that movement is gone. Well, look, forget what it, whatever you thought it was to begin with. It's not that and won't ever be that again. Well, you know, Mar- Martina Navratilova, think about this. The, the gay movement and liberal feminism, you know, for example, for women athletes, you know, you can look at Martina Navratilova, sort of when they, they sort of paralleled yeah. in the 70s and 80s. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, she was viewed as the hero for oppressed people. Mm-hmm. And now she's uh, now she's viewed as the oppressor. Right. And yeah. this is what's happening. And this is something that isn't being talked about because as, you know, when listeners who write to us who say, look, I'm gay and the pride movement is oppressing me. Yeah. That's mind-boggling when you read right. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact is, we have stated that for the longest time. Right. And we said over 10 years ago, it will destroy the feminist movement and it will split the gay movement. Yep. And it has. Yep. To the point where they're afraid to speak. And as they say, it's not about even being gay anymore or fighting for civil rights anymore. No. This is about no. the insanity. And as, and, and as they as we've been told, you know, because we're gay, they expect that we're going to be in favor of teaching children sexualized content and being in, and we're in favor of biological men competing against biological women. And it's so far off where we stand. Well, now you have a group called Gays Against Grooming. Grooming, yeah. And they've been vocal. And that's very interesting. I don't know that I I saw the backlash growing to this point so quickly. I mean, Martina Navratilova um, and, and a handful of others along the way, now it just seems to be there is momentum in that direction. There was, uh, I can't think of her name. Remember, she's lesbian. Remember, she was on the, uh, was it, remember she was on the council? She was against, uh, 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 biological males, mm-hmm. uh, trans women being in prison with. Right. And she was viewed. With biological in, women, right. You know, yeah. What did I say? Bio- yeah, no, that's, I'm finishing your right. sentence. Right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so, that's not necessary. <laughs> the um, and, and remember, she was blown away. Oh, yeah. That she was viewed as more violent 
yeah. than the actual rapist, the 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 trans woman who went into a woman's prison and raped women. Mm-hmm. She was viewed as more violent than the rapist. She was the oppressor. Yep, she was the oppressor. That's the insanity of all of this. If you look at something like that, and 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 you don't see how insane it is, then I don't know what to tell you. I I don't think you're looking at it. I don't think you're paying attention. And now, thankfully, more people are. The one thing that that as a parent, and I think a lot, I think you see a lot of non-parents now. This is what is especially encouraging. A lot of non-parents have joined the movement against grooming, against uh, mutilation surgery for minors. Because, you know, we started with, you know, the, the very clear message that a lot of the activists believed that they were just taking on the right. No, you're taking on the parents and you're not going to win that. But now you're taking on people who support the parents, and they're not even parents. That's a good thing. That is a great thing. Yeah. When you have that kind of resistance to something that is so dangerous that the current Department of Justice is fighting states for. Right. Wow. The federal government, the Biden administration, is trying to pass laws saying if you don't allow children to make the decision to mutilate their bodies or take irreversible hormones, if the child isn't the decision maker because the parent and doctor cannot be, then we'll stop funding your hospitals. We'll stop funding school lunches Mm -hmm. in your state. This is how insane the Biden administration is. Understand it. This isn't even debatable. This is insanity. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Drip, 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 drip. Now, James Comer says with uh, bank records, they believe that we'll be coming in, that they will get access to. He believes it's 20 to $30 million that the Biden family. I told you the number made. I have in my mind is 50, and I don't know why that is. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Here we are. 
made it to Friday. Man, some uh, you saw that uh, tornado at that small town in the Panhandle yeah. of Texas. Right? Yeah. Um, pretty bad. You know, we we had expected. I mean, this has been a weird week. Yesterday, uh, I, I read yesterday was tied for the most humid day uh, on uh, in weather records in the DFW area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was interesting and really strange watching the forecast changing. Yeah. Almost every minute. It was unbelievable. Yesterday, actually, one local news station in their noon fork in their noon uh, broadcast actually went to a break and came back and revamped their forecast for the afternoon. I mean, not for the next ten days, but the next few hours. And you saw watching some of the storms north and northeast of where we are right now. I uh, saw a picture of hail. Oh, it's it's bigger than grapefruit. It's the biggest. It's the biggest hail I've ever seen. Yeah, and the last several days has produced hail in this area. I I would like to know if that's a record in terms of the number of hail producing storms in one in one area. I've been here twenty three years and. I never had hail three days in a row. Mm-hmm. Now, it was light around me. Now, I did, from what I know, I missed out. Mm. I can't see it on my cameras anywhere. I know people within a couple of blocks of me got hit with baseball and softball size hail. We, uh, From what I can tell, yeah. I did not. Yeah. Uh, and so I saw some people a few blocks over already getting their roofs repaired. I just replaced mine th- three years ago. Right. The thing I want to do is do it again now. But if you get that kind of softball hail, that's major damage. Right. Uh, and um, so, uh, but I've never seen it three days in a row. Since I've been here 23, never had hail three days in a row. And every day I had hail. I mean, it was, it was small. It wasn't a lot for me, but other areas got hit big time with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From, from what, when yeah. I was home and from what I know, it didn't do much damage to my roof. But it's been other people. a while since I've had anything above pea-sized hail at my house. And in the last three days, our area has had massive, massive chunks of ice falling out of the sky. Yeah. And you think about it because that, you know, how I I was reading that one thunderstorm, a small one that was, and really nobody else uh, got hit. This is the one that really dropped the softball-sized hail within, within my subdivision, but from what I know, did not hit my house or my street. This thing was just a small cell that started like yeah. a hundred miles uh, southwest, and a number followed. A number all, of these cells have been yeah, yeah, just followed it all the way in. I'm like, right. well, that thing's coming, cl-. and then I'm getting ready to come into work. Mm-hmm. I'm like that thing. I'm like, uh oh, I, I I better jump in the car because I want to outrun this because they're talking about baseball and softball size. Hail, and they were talking about that this thunderstorm was 10,000 feet, then went up to 30,000. Yeah, yeah. Like that. I mean, just within right. minutes, right. which you talk about the power that is needed, to the energy that's re- needed to, uh, to well, wait a minute, we live in a society that believes solar and wind can run the uh, the grid, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, should I really talk about, does anybody, oh, we're talking to my audience, so they do understand energy. Mm-hmm. But when you think about that, that how high, you know, hail can fall from. Yeah. Softball-sized hail 
I'm sure it's existed somewhere. Somebody's had to get killed by being hit with hail. Yeah, I don't know the the biggest uh, piece of hail on record, but what I'm seeing out of just about 30 or 40 minutes north of here from last evening. That's the biggest I've ever seen. It's huge. Yep. Massive. No, that was that was bigger than a softball. Several years ago, my niece, um, uh, her son, pulled her car out of the garage to detail it for her. It was a it was close to a birthday or Mother's Day or something. I think it may have been Mother's Day. And he goes back inside to clean up, and then all of a sudden, a storm comes in like very quickly. And he wasn't expecting the storm, number one, and wasn't expecting the massive hail that destroyed her car. It destroyed her car. I mean, it took it, and it was too dangerous right away. It was too dangerous to go outside and try and move it. Yeah, yesterday was a weird day. This entire week has been because... I thought maybe uh, we had a little bit Sunday and then it was done. Mm-hmm. And every single day, it was only like 15% chance. And all of a sudden, it was like, no, 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 we're going to get a storm. And yesterday, I was like, okay, I can do some work around the house. And I want to you know, put down some, uh, some uh, weed killer. And I really don't want a lot of rain. But they say really no rain. Right. Well, by the time it got to the, by the afternoon, they had completely changed the forecast where it showed, you know, the future radar showed this. The one of the a huge you know system moving in that was going to have, and all of a sudden they increased it. You know the the severity of the hail and tornado warnings and everything else. Yeah, and you saw this. You go, oh my god, this thing's supposed to hit about six forty five. I'm I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to be able to get to sleep, or I'll be sleeping an hour and wake up. Well, I went to sleep at five o'clock, and it looked like this huge. I wanted to get a couple hours sleep at least to be able to come into work. Because I said, if this thing hits, there's no way. Nothing where we are. Everything went up north. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But that huge, I mean, it was, it was, it looked like it was like 300 miles, you know, long, this future radar coming in, this front coming in. And that really never developed. Mm. And that changed within an hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they talked about the dew point being, you know, which is how you look at worst humid days being tied for the uh, highest ever. Mm-hmm. And believe me, the last couple of days you go out and you do any yard work in the outside. And I did. Oh, man, because you're not, let's put it this way, your sweat is not evaporating. Yeah, no. And so you're not being cooled down at all. Your body's cooling process isn't working. And, man, it got hot quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That was, that was the worst I've ever felt, and I and I've been to Houston a couple times. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but uh, we just hope any of the people. I know there were a bunch of torn. I didn't see any reports yet, uh, just northwest of us where we are, mm-hmm. where they had there were a couple of tornado warnings last night. I didn't right. hear about yeah. any significant damage being done by any rotation yeah uh watching some come in right at the red river uh at one point and there were multiple uh both detected by radar and spotted on the ground and that entire massive cell that was moving 
basically coming out of Oklahoma into Texas was scary to look at it yeah. on radar. It was, yep. Mm-hmm. So hopefully those folks that are that were uh, in the path of that storm were okay. Yeah, so I, is it over? It looks like it's over. Well, I think we're moving yeah. out of this whatever this system that has been in, locked in place. It looks like in the forecast we're going to dry out for a bit, but mm-hmm. I'm not a forecaster, and even the forecasters aren't for aren't. Haven't been great uh, lately because it's just been totally unpredictable. It's I guess it's I guess what they would say is it's just that unstable. The atmosphere that is that unstable. It's for such a wide area. You don't in the you know in the past and and you know you you talk about the difference between um, uh, dry lines. If a dry line is moving through, you can kind of measure that and say, okay, here's where, or they can measure that and say. Here's where these storms are going to pop up. We believe the energy will be perfect as this dry line moves through. And I, I saw a lot. I've seen a lot more accuracy on those dry line predictions than I saw this week. Yeah, because I don't think we were really dealing with dry lines. It was a right. it was a you know different energy basically that was that was pushing these, and it it just seemed to be locked in this region for whatever reason. Yeah. Just, Hanging out over us. I've seen a couple of meteorologists uh, last week that said, okay, this is going to be the system that plays over and over again right here in this area. And they were right in the general area. But I think it's just too hard to predict where every little storm is going to pop up. You know, it just becomes Mm -hmm. impossible. You know, changing forecasts on the fly, really. What a week. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, all right, uh, coming up the uh, la, the uh, latest on the Biden bribe probe. We played the audio earlier. Mm-hmm. He's getting irritated. So now they believe that it's up to with the Biden family. They believe it's up to as much as twenty million, maybe more. Uh, as much as thirty million. Thirty million foreign nationals is what uh, Comer said uh, yesterday on Fox. Uh, I had, for some reason, I don't know why, I had $50 million in my mind. Well, you may be right. We're getting closer to that $50 million every yeah. day. Yeah. Every single and, day we get closer to and it. And I think the other thing that, that Comer's brought out, which we'll play actually some audio from him coming up, is is where he talks about the fact that the even, even the special counsel, mm-hmm. nobody knew until Comer came out with this. Nobody knew. He said that nobody in the his sources tell him from the FBI, nobody was investigating these LLCs in the FBI. Nobody was investigating the money transfers to the Biden family. That what he's saying is everything was shut out from the FBI. The people, the investigators are actually working on it. That's what he's being told until he started coming forward with everything, that's where they went, this is happening? And if you had all those SARS, then yeah. how were you, yeah. were they not following up on those? Because we knew about those. Those those yeah, we publicly right. knew about. Right. So that's the one thing that doesn't make sense. If you know about it, why aren't you investigating it? Right. But we'll, and, we'll hear. And it's not just one or two. You had a number of them. And why would you not Wasn't follow up? Like 150. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. 
That's not a, that's not a, again, one or two you might follow up on and go, okay, nothing here. Right. So we'll get to all the new information that came out yesterday. Coming up, 866-90-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. Due to safety concerns, many motor carriers have policies that limit or prohibit the use of cruise control. If your motor carrier does allow you to use cruise control, you should only use it in good driving conditions, during daylight hours, and on roads that have light traffic, few curves or hills, and a consistent speed limit. Never use cruise control when operating in adverse driving conditions, including wet, icy, or slippery roads, during rush hour in heavy traffic or on congested highways, at night, or when you're tired or fatigued. During all of these driving scenarios, you want to be controlling and adjusting your speed as you drive instead of having to suddenly brake if you encounter an obstacle. In the case of a slippery road surface, you want to be able to slow your vehicle by not accelerating instead of using the brakes whenever possible. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Front Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Drip, drip, drip every day. Uh, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer on Thursday teased that a new bank that new bank records his panel expects to obtain will reveal that the Biden family has accepted as much as thirty million dollars now mm. from foreign nationals. We have more bank accounts coming in. We're going to exceed ten million this week, and I think we'll get up to between ten and twenty million dollars. Uh, Comer told Fox Business when asked how much money the committee has identified as being obtained by President Biden's family members from overseas sources. And they go on to identify the, you know, what he has identified previously before the nine members. Here he is on Fox Business uh, yesterday and and talking about this was also some new information out there that people may not have heard. Mormon yeah. tells the FBI, and, and what my sources in the FBI tell me is that whether it's the FBI, the DOJ, or the IRS, anything pertaining to Joe Biden or his family, they were told to stand down. So the people in the FBI didn't even know about the shell companies the Bidens had or the money laundering the Bidens had until I had my press conference about six weeks ago with members of my committee, the House Oversight Committee, and so and told the American people and showed evidence of all these shell companies and all this money laundering. That is when the whistleblower said, oh my God, I remember this this accusation, and no one in the FBI investigated it. What we've presented to the American people on the House Oversight Committee adds legitimacy to this allegation from the oligarch. This is now mm-hmm. again. What what I what I get from him there is that when he remember when he brought out all the uh, you know all the uh, the the shell companies right. is that what he's claiming brought the whistleblower forward or was the whistleblower already? Hmm. Because yeah, the I don't you know because the. Uh, the the whistleblower is the informant who already dealt with the FBI, right? And then all of a sudden, the whistleblower, did, you know, all of a sudden, this comes forward now. Did he come forward to Grassley 
and Comer because of that? That wasn't specifically asked. She went mm. right over that. That would have been my next question. You mean, well, excuse me, you mean the whistleblower just came forward because he heard you? That's what right. it seemed like he was, what he was stating there. Mm. And... <sighs> Well, one thing I did wonder is about the whistleblower situation is that there are a number of people that know the truth about the investigation. We've always said there for every whistleblower, there's, you know, there could be, who knows, 10, 20 others that that want to do the same and fear for their job. But. If a case gets momentum, could you have more? Knowing that the truth is coming, you know, to the surface, that there is a greater likelihood that you would not be retaliated against, you would not lose your job. The more that the more we learn mm-hmm. the truth, the greater the opportunity for any others who want to be a whistleblower. Well, we know that uh, there's, and this is, goes back a month, over a month, maybe two months, there were at least 12. Right. On a yeah. variety of different yeah, weaponization right. things yes. of right. the right. Department of Justice. You right. know, you had the, the four FBI agents that testified that one day. You had the one, uh, oh, female FBI agent, mm-hmm. the, uh, the oh, the one with the blonde hair, mm-hmm. that also resigned and then testified. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, she testified alone, though, the other four uh, you know, they they all testified, uh, you know, together. That was the FBI agent that, you know, said, I was sitting outside of school. Right. Taking parents' license plate numbers. Right. And so that doesn't directly relate to the, the Biden investigation here. What I find interesting, and this is a question that we've asked, because Com- Comer said it. I said almost said Comey. Mm. Comer said it. By the way, there's a difference between Comer and Comey. Uh, yeah. But what Comer said, they... They haven't investigated this. That the FBI, with what the whistleblower has brought forward, they haven't investigated any of this. And that's why the whistleblower, one of the reasons the whistleblower came forward is the realization that Comer was on it. And they hadn't investigated this at all. This was, okay. and, th- and that's why. Then I got to know about that- Horowitz. Where's the IG? I agree. Where's the IG but on this? We've been asking that for a while, but now I really want to know what the IG knows and, and what happened after it went through the IG's office. The Bonus Show. It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he's Eric. I'm Gary. Yeah, this is really getting interesting. As I said, the the problem for the president is this is drip, drip, drip every day. And since it's drip, drip, drip every day, and every and every time you go, whoa, 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 because not only is it uh, again the 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 allegations extremely serious, and now the uh, quote circumstantial evidence. Because the thing is, we already know the payments have been made. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this politically that's so damning, and we said this yesterday, is that none of the information, this isn't like going after Trump in uh, Russia collusion, where it was all allegations from Democrats. 
that were never specific allegations, but it continued. All of the evidence that exists so far are not allegations from Republicans. It's from Hunter's laptop, from bank records, and the FBI. None of it is just an allegation. That's a that's a huge problem because all yeah. the evidence that exists, you can't. And that's why the Democrats are so quiet. They can't sit there and say the Republicans are making these allegations. Because well, no, the Republicans, I mean, once... the Republicans are are only making questions and allegations based on the evidence that exists that came from Hunter Biden, the FBI and banks reporting under a system created by the government to show suspicious transfers of money. This isn't even uh, some investigative reporter coming out saying these things exist. The evidence that we have so far. And things, the tone did change when you saw Director Ray come to Capitol Hill. And when we learned what was um, essentially redacted versus what Comer and Grassley had already seen. There there weren't many people defending the president, but he did have his defenders. At the very least, they were saying things like, no, there's nothing there. Just kind of a general dismissive don't look over there thing. There's still some of that in the media, but on Capitol Hill, I don't hear any Democrats loudly coming out saying, stop this. This is wrong. The president didn't do anything wrong. There's no defenders on Capitol Hill for him. And I think a lot of them, number one, we go back to how many people have known about this, that question. And then, even those that weren't in office then that didn't know about it, that may maybe they've heard about it, but they look at the situation for what it is, what we know so far, and they say, I don't want to step out in front of that. That's a bullet train, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that for him. Well, And you look at the example, the one person that did come out immediately, he was burned big time, Jamie Raskin. Yeah. It's burned big right. time. You're right. lying about that. Right. And and so then he you, you didn't hear much from him uh, anymore. So it's like, uh-oh, where do we go on this? Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. sitting in the back of everybody's mind is the Obama statement. Yep. Never, Never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden mm-hmm. to F things up. But I thought interesting what came from Comer is now he's absolutely clear. He's saying the FBI did not investigate this document. And the thing is, we're, we're being told now, every single day, I seem to get uh, more response from Republicans saying that, and, and they, Comer said this yesterday on Fox Business News, that, uh, that this is, uh, uh, the, the, what they were talking about is this may be one of the most credible informants that's ever worked for the FBI in a variety of administrations all the way back to Obama. Wow. And one of the most effective ones, and nobody's debating it. 
Nobody is. And the first thing Democrats would do is you attack the whistleblower. You attack the, you know, you attack the informant. You do something. And they haven't been able to do anything. But Comer stating that the FBI really, that they have squashed the investigators, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and kept the evidence from them. And you and I asked a question a long time ago. Is that obstruction of justice? If there's an investigation going on, well, because and, and you're at the you're at the top leadership of the FBI, and you are holding evidence that you have that you know will change the course of the investigation. Is that obstruction of justice? All right. So, from what we've learned uh, of the process of the whistleblower process, it eventually gets to the IG's office, right? And while the IG is not going to take on the criminal investigation, the IG is going to look for wrongdoing inside or protect the whistleblower set up, you know, situation where the whistleblower is not retaliated against and, and look to see if, if anybody on the inside uh, did something that they weren't supposed to do with an investigation, which is why the whistleblower would come forward. Right. That would tell us a lot. Now, the investigation on the crimes itself, right, on the bribes, if that went nowhere after all those SARS, if if that went, if they just buried that in a box, I mean, that would make sense. That would, if you were on the inside, you would say, well, wait a minute, they're burying this thing. So it's... It, the, the key between those two, between the informant or or between the whistleblower and and the top, is the IG. Because the IG, it's in the process of the whistleblower process. The IG receives the complaint by the whistleblower. And then it has, I think it's 30 days to acknowledge, okay, we've received this complaint, and then they follow up on it. But it would establish a number of these items. But did he go to the IG first? Or did he go well, to Well, eventually first? it gets to the IG. Right. Well, oh, okay. Hold on a second. Now you bring in a whole new question. <laughs> Sorry. Did someone not <laughs> deliver it to the IG? Well, the IG- I feel like I'm the only one who's asking about Horowitz. What is, I, what I what I would love for Comer or Grassley or any of, of them looking into it on Capitol Hill to address that. Mm-hmm. Because the process dictates that it gets to the IG's office. Well, by the way, it I, I do believe it is. For example, if the you know, it's gone to a special counsel. And from what we know from from what Comer was saying, the special counsel investigating Biden did not know about this document. Mm-hmm. Now, so if that document is being hidden or kept in a place where nobody can see it under the authority of, you know, the someone high up in the FBI, is that obstruction of justice? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. That at, at that point, it is because it's a separate investigation. Well, now, but you're, if, if you're the if, if you're the chief investigator or heading the investigation and you keep uh, 
pertinent material out. Is that obstruction of justice? Yes. And if that I, if that uh, document was being hidden, was it also be being hidden from the IG? Well, the IG might not have known about the document while they were do while they were, you know, do. I mean, he doesn't. He's not privy to investigations going on. He only investigates wrongdoing. A lot of the wrongdoing that they're looking at most of the time is not something like this, but it's where the money goes. But the nature where the of money the complaint is spent. would it not would it not include that? Well, yeah. Well. When the complaint came from the whistleblower, it was about the document. So then the IG would know the document existed. It, right. Right. And that's, yeah, that's my that's right, my question. Right. I thought you meant previous to the whistleblower. Right. No, no, no. No, because he, he's probably, the IG isn't privy to every investigation right, that goes right, right, on. Right, right, right. But now that the allegations are out there, you would sit there as an IG and say, well, I have to look at possible obstruction of justice if they were keeping this from, remember, the special counsel who was looking into Hunter Biden and everything because the what what they were trying to what what we've been told is even the IG not the IG excuse me that the special boy it gets complicated mm-hmm. doesn't it mm-hmm. that the uh, that the special prosecutor was only looking at Hunter Biden that was the narrative right. you got from Democrats right. nobody's looking at Joe Joe hasn't done anything wrong it's simply Hunter Biden right well if he's only looking at Hunter Biden then you can say well either he's ignoring evidence in front of him or he never received that document that they that's been mm. kept hidden from him mm-hmm. because if that document exists you have no choice because Hunter Biden leads you know this is where we talked about the polling that says 53 and this goes back a month ago 53% of Americans believe that Biden is dirty mm-hmm. you know and and that uh, he took you know he's been involved in illegal influence peddling 63% believe Hunter is which you have to laugh because there is no influence peddling for Hunter. Right. He can't give you anything. Yeah. Right. Well, the only thing that he can give you is a painting or some crack. Or or his father. His father's influence. Oh, there's that. Yeah. So so it's sixty three percent believe it's the father, which yeah. is Joe Biden. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a we said that's a huge problem. Then this article came out, Margot Cleveland yesterday, Federalist.com. The Bidens allegedly coerced a foreign national to pay them $10 million in bribes, according to individuals familiar with the investigation wow. into the FBI's handling wow. of it. Wow. It wasn't where, it wasn't what we initially, how it was initially framed, which was... They were approached. Where, you know, uh, well that, uh, that he was paying them the money as sort of a retainer, right. and it was volunteered by... by um, uh, Slug, Sl, Sl, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, Barisma founder. Mm-hmm. Uh, this new story is saying no, it was coerced uh, by the Bidens, and it said uh, whatever, uh, what if anything, agents did to investigate these explosive claims remains unknown. However, with sources telling the Federalist that the FBI continues to stonewall, on Monday, Grassley revealed a foreign uh, revealed a foreign national identified by individuals uh, with knowledge of the matter as the Burisma founder allegedly possessing 17 recordings implicating Biden's in a uh, pay-to-play scandal, while 15 of the audio recordings consisted of phone calls between Slovetsky and Hunter Biden. Two of the calls uh, with the Ukrainian had uh, was, was with uh, Vice President Joe Biden, 
according to the document. The Federalist has now learned that the document reported that the uh, source saying the Bidens coerced Slovesky to pay the bribes. Sources familiar uh, with the investigation also explain the context of Slovesky's statements and that the context further bolsters the human sources, the confidential human sources reporting. In the form from June 30th, 2020, the confidential human source summarized earlier meetings he had with Slovesky, according to the uh, confidential human source, in the 2015 and 2016 time frame, the human source was providing advice to the president of Burisma to stay away from the Bidens. Mm-hmm. Then after Trump defeated Hillary Clinton in 2016, the confidential human source asked him if he was upset Trump won. Slovesky allegedly told the human source he was dismayed by Trump's victory, fearing an investigation would reveal his payments to the Biden family, which included a $5 million payment to Hunter Biden and a $5 million payment to Joe Biden. According to the CHS, the Burisma executive bemoaned the situation, claiming the Bidens had coerced him into paying the bribes, which, by the way, this is what makes sense here, because when it was when the first one came out was sort of that he was saying, well, yeah, five, five million. And they didn't put it in exact context, mm-hmm. but I got the, the impression that, OK, he might have offered it to the Bidens because it was put in there that it was sort of like a retainer right, to hold the Bidens. So it was like, OK, well, then you paid the Bidens and then you took the you you taped the phone calls to protect yourself. Well, you initiated it. Takes a whole different ball game. If if he was if, coerced by the Bidens, he was coerced by yeah. the Bidens, and that's why he did the phone calls to protect himself later on. Which may mean, wow, if the tapes exist, he might be more likely to cooperate with the FBI. Yeah, because basically he was being blackmailed by the Bidens. Well, to give them the money. And on top of that, it also would mean that the president is currently more compromised yeah. with those tapes yeah. being out there. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Now I understand yesterday why, when I was, I was telling I was watching, it was like a half hour long. It was uh, uh, Dick Durbin. Mm-hmm. And then it was Grassley, yeah. uh, it was Kennedy, and it was Lindsey Graham right. having a discussion on it. And as I told you, I mean, you all could look at it and go, okay, this is a very deliberative body because it's the Senate, because everybody was very calm, including Durbin, who was not making strong points in every single Republican, but in a very calm way, was making absolute slam dunk points. I'd play it, but it's like a half hour long, and I haven't been able to find anything to give you a context of how it went that whole half hour, but it was pretty Hmm. awesome. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. 
Binge seasons one and two of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen. Hey guys, welcome to the Candy Valentino Show. I'm Candy Valentino. I was a founder before I could legally order a drink. And for more than two and a half decades, I've built, scaled, acquired, and exited multiple businesses in diverse industries. Now my goal is to help you by sharing the knowledge that I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, and the wisdom that I've developed over my journey. Bi-weekly episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Candy Valentino Show, wherever you listen.